podcast for episode number 122 of your weekly Stadia show where we round up all of the gaming and Stadia news for your listening and viewing pleasure right here on youtube.com forward slash Helix Cloud Games or up there in the digital cloud on your podcast preference of choice. You're joining myself, Chris, one of your hosts for today's show alongside the man of many pixels, Mr. Richie. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. It's been a bit of a slow news week this one though. Just a little bit in terms of uh, Stadia specifically, but my word, have we got one hell of a show for you viewers and listeners this week. That's right, the arguably biggest news in video game history of the last decade probably happened this last week, and we'll be breaking all of that down for a terrific show. As I said, episode 122, we've got all of the big Microsoft news, we've got all of the GDC news that's starting to bubble up as well, we've got a lot of AAA games that have got dates, uh, coming into spring, so we're going to be talking about all that. Uh, a new potential Chromecast to rival the fairly new still Sabrina, potentially, and much, much more. But before we get into all that, thank you and an amazing shout-out to all of our viewers and listeners who support us every single week here on YouTube or on the podcast services that you enjoy the most. And we wanted to shout you out, say thank you very much, and don't forget to hit like on this video, subscribe, and click that bell so you're kept in the loop with all of the great content we bring you here on the channel, just like our first looks, just like our Let's Play series, our special side quest episode, and boy Richie, boy Richie, we've got a good couple of episodes lined up. Folks who yeah. watched last week will have seen we broke down Square Enix's titles for 2022, what we they've did. got coming in the pipeline. What are we talking about this week? This week we are going to be talking about EA. EA games. You may have Will noticed a theme. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a theme. It's early, yeah. early year. Um, we didn't expect any big news until Phil Spencer decided to rip the lid on his uh, on his bank account and yeah. start the year off big. Um, but also, we've got a very, very special guest lined up for episode 52 to celebrate one whole year of SideQuest. And uh, we're thrilled to have this guest on. We can't wait to sit down and talk with them. And uh, we'll be keeping that in the pipeline for the year special. And you'll see it soon, but our members do get that early. Even this time around, Richie, we might even let them have it a little bit earlier than usual. Yeah. Maybe. Tell yeah, you what maybe. Unsure. I, I haven't I haven't even thought about that, to be honest. Um I tell you what I will I'll do for members. As we're recording two episodes of SideQuest today. So you will get episode fifty one today, as is, as you expect. As soon as I'm done editing fifty two, you'll get it. I don't know when that will be. Ooh. It's probably going to be on Monday. So by the time you listen to this episode, it might actually be live for Ooh, members. Two double barrel side quest episodes. I'm not guaranteeing it. It depends how I feel when I wake up if I can be bothered to do it. Wow. Because I'll have a full week to do it. So you will get it at the latest next Sunday. Such a tease, such a tease. <laughs> but yes, uh, we're through all side quests. It's made it to a year. Congratulations again to you, Richie, for hosting for a whole year. Uh, and I can't wait yeah. to sit down. And just uh, talk about games, talk about games. But that's not, I mean, I was going to say that's not what you're here for today, but you are literally here for that. Yeah. It is the Sounds of Stadia podcast, episode number 122. Uh, we've got a great show, so let's start getting into it by kicking things off, Richie, with what we've been up to, what we've been playing. And this last week, we had the first AAA title launch on Google Stadia, and that, of course, was Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction. We dived in on Thursday. Give me some first impressions of the game. Well, so I really enjoyed the first-person shooter mechanics of Siege. I think, for me, they are feel the nicest of any first-person shooter. I don't like the full-on chaos that you get in things like Call of Duty or Halo for first-person shooters. I do prefer the more tactical stuff. The problem is, I suck at multiplayer games. This fixes that problem massively. 
this was so fun. Yeah, I completely agree. So for those who aren't aware of what Extraction is, it's, it's Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege World being invaded by an alien menace known as the Archeans. And essentially, yes, it's three players in a fire team. You take on different objectives within a, a, a set mission campaign. Similar to Siege, it's in fact anything. The maps are actually replicated from Siege with a, an alien twist. And uh, yeah, you go in, you complete different objectives, different game modes within, with similar similar operators that you're familiar with from Rainbow Six Siege, but with that kind of alien twist. Special weapons that cope with them, alien eggs, bugs, stealth aliens, and uh, yeah, you and May yeah. jumped in this past Thursday with our wonderful community, played along. Every Thursday we do live streams on the channel, by the way, folks, so if you are playing a game you want people to play along with different community members jump into one of our streams we always rotate players in and out so everyone gets a fair shake of the stick and uh yeah as you said richie not great anymore at first person shooters when it comes to pvp however giving me some ai aliens to kick ass against Uh, it's really fun we did really well i've seen some reviews that says as you play more and more into the game because we've only played a couple of hours each Mm. it gets a bit samey but then Siege had the same sort of reviews when that first launched. I think as Ubisoft continue to support this game, add more content, add more operators, it it will grow. Yeah, I think that's a great point that we should probably highlight the fact that yeah, it's it's getting it's coming it's dropping in around the seven seven out of ten mark I think across Metacritic yeah. reviews. A lot of the gaming podcasts I listen to throughout the week, everyone who's played it has said they've had an absolutely brilliant time. But then the peak is off as you play more. Yeah, naturally. But as you rightly mentioned, yeah, Rainbow Six Siege is in, in its sixth year and Ubisoft has supported it crazily well. Yeah. So I'd imagine with Extraction we will see seasonal events, different game modes, and of course the, the player base as it stands is is huge because of the introduction of Game Pass and it's full cross-play. So even when we played, I think the first game we teamed up with someone on PC it was playing by Ubisoft Connect. So... Yeah. There is room there for development, but from what we played, yeah, I had a great time. And, I think you know the, what the I noticed? Modes. You know what I actually noticed? Because ha- I've got Ubisoft Plus now for, th- mm. for Extraction. Yeah. I jumped into Ubisoft Connect on PC and just to see what was there and just have a bit of a mooch around. And I could launch um, Extraction through Ubisoft um, Connect on my PC using Stadia. Yeah, I could I've launch it straight to Stadia, like which is like, that's pretty cool seamless it's almost like click to play really really works um yeah so we'll most certainly be playing more of rainbow six extraction uh, as you said richie yourself and me picked up ubisoft plus subscription for the first time because it, on, on stadia the game was coming in at like 44 pound 99 and i kind of had to imagine what we've I've, got out of the game it does that merit the i think that's a bit fee. steep for what the game is to be mm. honest i think it's a 30 pound game it, yeah. it feels like you can see this had its initial intentions as being probably DLC or another game mode in Siege and then as it's grew, the ideas grew they spun it off into its own thing yeah, but well, it doesn't feel that. like a big AAA title standalone yeah. it's it's a very good game I do think it's probably the 30-35pound mark is probably about right so it's a bit yeah. on the high end but Ubisoft plus I would agree, and we've we've had discussions about this about different free to play games and how Battlefield twenty forty two was asking for a full sixty pound seventy dollars yeah. when Warzone is free, and how how does a sh- just an online experience stack up against a, a paid content? Yeah. The thing is, though, if you're going to put hundreds of hours into this game, that that mm. price is just a drop in the water. Like, yeah, completely yeah. true. Completely so it really true. comes down to 
I think with multiplayer games and games like games as a service, stuff like this, it all comes down to how much time do you think you'll put into this game? Do you think it's worth the price for entertaining you for that length of time? Yeah. And um, I think with with Extraction, for me, I would really be interested to see in a world where it probably had a campaign because it does feel like the narrative of the Archeans, it has more of a story element to it. Like what happened with the invasion? What happened with the siege team and the crew who yeah. were going in? And it just feels like in another world, it would have been priced at £60, but it would have had a full 10, 12-hour campaign of missions extracting teammates, learning about the Archeans, where did they come from, what is their reason for being on our planet, how the government deals with it. And yet instead, we get a little cutscene at the beginning of the game, and then it's kind of, yeah. go, kill, go kill bugs. You know what would be cool? Give me a crossover with the Division 2 so you can run the story stuff through who the Archeans are, why they've turned up for like the Division. Hmm. And then you can keep um, Extraction as is, very focused on the multiplayer, getting in, playing through the map, hmm. jumping into the next one. Yeah, and this is where we get into that weird world where Extraction is kind of a Tom Clancy spin-off that includes yeah. aliens and it's not a gritty, grounded shooter in the real world with stealth and espionage and, and governments but, tossing yeah. over things. It's, yeah, it's a concept that they can just, I think they can spin off into other, other titles, though, so. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, from what I've seen, everyone is enjoying Extraction. Do let us know in the comments below if you've checked it out, if you've played it, if you've enjoyed it. I've seen mixed mixed things going around, but you and myself really enjoyed it. We'll certainly be playing a bit more. Uh, I've actually had a bit of an itch over this weekend to, to jump in and play a little bit. Mm. However, I've been playing other things at the same time, Richie. So, before we get into the news, uh, what else have you been playing aside from Extraction this past week? I um, picked up the Platinum and the Tales of Arise, and I've rolled credits on Pokemon. Oh, wow. So, just so it's a double whammy this week. Wow, just ticking things yeah. off left, right, and centre. That's that's terrific. So, and ne- what's what's next on the horizon, then? I think it's going to be King of Bridge of Spirits. Yeah, I think I'll probably start game. that next week. Beautiful. Um, I'd highly recommend it for anyone who's not played King of Bridge of Spirits. one of the best games I've played in the last year. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, I, I'm really curious to see how you cope with the master difficulty. As like me, you're not much of a Dark Souls, Demon Souls fan. Yeah. And the game isn't like that at all until you switch up to the master difficulty for that platinum trophy. So. I'm Is it? Do you have to play fo- the full game in the master difficulty? Yeah. So no... basically, basically to get the platinum, it's two playthroughs then. Unless uh, you yes, got. Be... I think I did. First one story mode. Finished it in about. 10 yeah. hours, 12 hours, and then yeah, the master difficulty mode was like, I might not have been 10 hours, but the master it, difficulty mode was so tough. Is it unlockable, the master difficulty, or is it you have a yeah, strip from the have, beginning? Yeah, I think you have to do one playthrough. Alright, so I'm but, probably going to go on the highest difficulty I can just to get oh, used to it, to psych myself. I've done that before, where it's like, you know what, this is a new game, I'm just going to go on the high difficulty and just learn this as a challenge, if I know there's going to be a platinum that's difficulty mm. bound. Yeah. So early doors when the game first came up digital before it was patched, you could you could glitch the trophy by doing the last mission and then after you complete killing the boss, you can just pause it, go into the difficulty, up it to master and then the trophy pops. That's since been patched and I waited for the physical copy. So obviously yeah. the physical copy came with the patch already installed on the disc. And uh yeah, I had to do with the hardware got- folks, but I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Yeah, I picked up the digital copy in the in the I think earlier this month in the in the, when it went on sale. Yeah. So you have no chance. So yeah, it was, it was just opp- it was an opportunist one. I'm going to play this game. Oh, that's a decent price. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, highly, highly recommended. Uh, as is actually um, a Plague Tale Innocence. Um, yeah. I said I've got a little bit of time before 
Uncharted comes out at the uh, at end of the month, and I've kind of got nothing on. Pl- Obviously, playing Extraction, Thief, and all those like little bit tiny games yeah. in between. Not tiny games, but you know what I mean. Like short attention span games. Pokemon, I'm still chipping away at. Um, but yeah, Plague Tale Innocence. Finished one full playthrough. Story's fantastic. Mechanics are very Last of Us, but without the action, it's more stealth and puzzle solving. Um, with a cool like slingshot and you there's rats involved and it's, it's really very very well well uh, done game doesn't get as much praise as I think it probably should but the sequel was just announced so hopefully these are the type of games that we will expect it to migrate over to this platform eventually they're not AAA and they're certainly not owned by Microsoft so <laughs> uh, we should hopefully see these things in the near future uh, but yeah my next one's Uncharted next end of month so not too long to go uh, but let's move away from what we're not playing on the platform Richie and get into the big stories of the week and let's kick things off by you introducing us to the the super sexy special stadia story segment aka the news news. and what a news week richie not many stories but just one mega behemoth story (laughs) that has sent ripples through the entire gaming industry and of course this is first and foremost a stadia podcast but we would be naive and stupid to say this doesn't impact google stadia or the rest of the gaming world by not covering it as our main topic of this week's show yeah as you alluded to in the intro it's like this is potentially the biggest video game news full stop like yeah and it it seemingly came out of nowhere yeah no no leaks no like we hear rumors microsoft are thinking of doing this but uh before we do get into the number one story of the decade yeah century in gaming uh, shout out to our two newest members as well who have joined the channel, uh, Barry Dunn and John Burford. Thank you very, very much, gentlemen, for signing up to the channel and becoming a member. Uh, you now get a Stadia controller next to your name in the chat. You get access to our super stickers. And more importantly, you get our side quest episodes, which Richie's promised there might be two this coming week uh, with a very special guest and a very great episode indeed. And you get them up to six days, if not even a whole week and a half early right now so go check them out on youtube thank you for your added support gentlemen remember if you want to support the channel uh, and us grow find new people who are big fans of cloud gaming stadia don't forget you can do that by hitting join on the youtube video below but richie back to the yeah. story we can't hold the floodgates back any longer um where do i even start so let's let's start by laying the ground with the news so this yeah. week midweek microsoft I think it was The Verge or Bloomberg or Financial Times. Someone picked it up I, and essentially everyone in stateside in the United States was still asleep when this news broke. I think I was working. I was actually, it, this news I was, was that at, big. I was at work and I just happened to glance at Twitter and I saw this news and it came from, I, you know when you have to double check something, like what, where am I reading this? And it's like, is it news.xbox.com. <laughs> it's like, oh shit <laughs> like, this is like yeah. as legit as you can get <laughs> indeed yeah I, it's so big I, I was doing a, a session with work and I mentioned at the beginning of the, the conference call uh, that I was a big gamer as part of my like, introduction to, to people I don't know and it was that big like someone actually stopped me doing my job to say Chris have you seen the Xbox news and I was like what we're in the middle of some work related stuff no and then obviously we went on a like a, a comfort break for a cup of tea or coffee yeah. or whatever quickly checked my phone and like you and some of our other friends were popping off in our chat groups just going yeah what how what why so again to lay the ground for those who don't know who somehow don't know um microsoft have acquired or are set to acquire 
we should say, uh, Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. Billion with a B, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That is right. Uh, that's behind the couch. That's when you're looking behind the couch for any penny you can get to put together for this. Like, ridiculous. Is just, it, it is, yeah, it's absolutely insane. So, to, to put that in a um, concept, I'll read from the, the Microsoft, the Xbox blog, in fact. So, yes. Uh, as a team, we're on a mission to extend the joy and community of gaming to everyone on the planet. We all know gaming is the most vibrant and dynamic form of entertainment worldwide, and we've experienced the power of social connection and friendship that gaming makes possible. As we pursue that mission, it is incredibly exciting to announce that Microsoft has agreed to acquire Activision Blizzard. Over many decades, the studios and teams that make up Activision Blizzard have earned vast wellsprings of joy, respect from billions of people all over the world. We are incredibly excited to have the chance to work with the amazing, talented, dedicated people across Activision Publishing, Blizzard Entertainment, Beanox, Demonware, Digital Legends, High Moon Studios, Infinity Ward, King, which is a big one, Major League Gaming, Radical Entertainment, Raven Software, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, Treyarch, and every team across Activision Blizzard. Until the transaction closes, Activision Blizzard and Microsoft Gaming will continue to operate independently. Once the deal is complete, the Activision business will report to me as CEO of Microsoft Gaming. And of course, I could read on, definitely head over to the blog to to check the full article in its entirety. But Bill Spencer... My, my first take on this is last year, last week, Take Two announced they're going to buy Zynga for like 12, 13 billion. And Microsoft turned around and went, Hold my beer. <laughs> like, yeah. Hold my beer indeed. Yeah. So, like, we're going to be talking about this for a while. We need to break it down because there's so many different caveats to this. It's thing. a very complicated story. There's lots of facets there's to this. So, yes, yeah, so many much. Uh, I think we should start off with by saying if, if you're somehow unaware of Activision's IP and what they own, is we're talking right off at the bat at the top of the pile is probably Call of Duty. Yeah. The Microsoft is set to acquire Call of Duty. The I think we did over Christmas actually, Richie, we did the top selling Christmas games of uh, like the number one Christmas game for the last twenty years. And Call of Duty has been consistent for I think the last decade or so, bar maybe one or two missed ones. But MPD yeah. reports Call of Duty is like the best selling game of the last decade. Yeah. Like, per year, every year, even the bad Call of Duties still are the top-selling games of the year they release. So that just yeah. shows you how much but, Microsoft have just acquired in just one IP. There's a reason why Activision just turns everything they acquire into a Call of Duty support studio because Call of Duty makes them so much money. Any other games, regardless of how profitable they are, just mm-hmm. don't even come close. Which is sad. For I've got views on. I don't yeah. particularly like, but. Whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into yeah. all that, of course. Yeah. So, <laughs> Call of Duty is is one of them. They yeah. also, as part of Blizzard, they have World of Warcraft. Well, we should just say they have Warcraft full stop. So uh, true. Yeah. Because th- that means all the entire Warcraft franchise is now going to be under Xbox. Yeah. All the old which is very interesting, actually. Uh, yeah, I've seen loads of people say, like, does that mean they'll come across the console? Now, yeah, I've, he- I've heard that. I've heard that take as well. Um, like, well, well, Warcraft Three Reforged was done inc- absolutely tanked, so it's entirely possible that Xbox will look to fix that. Yeah, potentially even take the series forward. Well, Warcraft is that kind of been on a decline. I think it's one of them games that's been around for so long. It's just, it's just natural that it would decline. But I also mm-hmm. think the controversy stuff, which we've never really talked about, 
because we haven't really talked much about Activision Blizzard on this show. I mean, yeah, I, we're yeah. Unfortunately, Acti- Activision no bad guy. Activision Bobby Kotick and there's a lot of the people in there. Not good people. That's the short summary of that. But I yeah. think that has drawn push people away from World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And Blizzard are, are no longer the well-respected company that used to be. So this is one of the interesting things that we could see. We could see Blizzard get go back an up, up, upward swing because yeah. they also have other franchise. StarCraft is huge. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, Diablo, also huge. Overwatch, also huge. Yeah, there's, there's so much. I mean, Overwatch 2 obviously is still in development. We don't know when that's coming out, which is going to fold in the original game into the sequel as, as well in some form. But there's just there's so much, and we we should probably say as well before we get into the, the really meat and potato, potatoes of this story is that like we're covering it as part of the Stadia show because Microsoft and so by big. proxy XCloud and Microsoft Gaming is this move has a definitive impact on not only Sony, PlayStation, Nintendo, but the future of Stadia yeah. and Google because they're taking franchises potentially most likely off the yeah. table for ever coming to this platform. Well, the reason the it's impactful is like we Stadia has no legacy with these brands, and we'll get into what Phil Spencer's came out and said regarding the other platforms in a while. But it, it's I, yeah, it's t- it's taking more of the cake away from what potentially Google or Amazon or G- GeForce Now could even have on their on their catalog. So yeah, and what other IP you? My my biggest kind of take from the whole thing is a as a huge Crash Bandicoot fan and Spyro fan. PlayStation mascots back in the day, they're yep. now owned solely or will be solely owned by Microsoft, which is the most ironic twist of, of yeah. platform mascoteering this, I've ever seen. This is almost akin to like Sega buying Mario. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's is. quite I don't think in terms of at the time of the PlayStation One very much Spyro um and Crash were very much the PlayStation mascot. I don't think they are anymore. They're oh, no. well past that. Mm-hmm. So, but imagine back in the console wars, like it. It's we. It's like not. It's not like Sega buying Mario. It's like Nintendo buying Sonic. Is probably a better fit. Mm-hmm. If Sonic is now it becomes a Nintendo mascot. Yeah, it's it's, it's so kind of weird. weird. It, yeah, it, it is. It really, really is. It's like if Marvel turned around and said, "We've acquired the rights to Batman," and yeah. it's like, "What?" But he's your like. Yeah, <laughs> so there's so many weird things, but yeah. Kind of like yeah, digging into that, we know there's like you said Diablo, there's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater series was just re- revived, and then um, immediately um, Vicarious Visions got pushed to be. I think the Diablo support studio at the moment potentially. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. It's, it's that one. Um, so I guess that obviously as a whole, Microsoft is set to acquire some of the most beloved franchises in gaming history. Yes. And then the legacy that and the money making that is Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, like these are unto themselves, they are multi million dollar making IP without this, everything else. I when Microsoft bought Bethesda, this was a huge deal. Mm. It was a massive thing. Oh my god, this is like air shattering. That makes this look like a speck in it's a drop in the pond compared to this. Like like Activision is this like Sony buying EA like and going, FIFA is now yeah. going to be a PlayStation exclusive. It's bigger. It's that uh, sort of tier, like, it's... Yeah, so, to, to keep breaking... Again, we'll probably jump around quite a lot, because, like yeah. you said, there's so there's many... so many angles. Like, t- t- tendrils to pull on from this one. 
Um, another thing which you alluded to slightly there is the the studios that have been folded into Call of Duty support, and I think the way Phil Spencer, future CEO of this mega mega Microsoft Xbox Corporation, is is that he can revive previous IP that Activision owned, yeah. but more importantly, gives studios I think a, a breath of fresh air and life. So like Toys for Bob, uh, Beanox, as you said, Vicarious Visions, who worked on the Spyro and Crash reboots and the Tony Hawk's one, they no longer you'd like to think in theory have to just work as a Call of Duty support studio so hopefully yeah. this as yeah. much as I, it'll be really weird if Crash Bandicoot is not on PlayStation going forward the fact that the marsupial actually gets to live on rather than just stay stagnant in, in support Call of Duty in a weird way it, it, put, it fills me full of hope that these franchises are not just going to yeah, die absolutely. Death. I mean Microsoft in the past when they've bought studios they pretty much took a hands off approach and going you know what you're a poor to me but cr- you're doing great, good things mm-hmm. crack on with them yeah. I think this is going to be a very different case in this problem with all the issues which that they are around Activision Blizzard. I don't really know much about King. It's always Activision Blizzard that comes up, but but with Bobby, especially surrounding Bobby Kotick, I've I very much expect that Microsoft are probably going to look at the studio. There's probably eventually when they do because until the deal goes through, they're completely separate legal entities. Microsoft have no influence mm-hmm. when. Microsoft the deals go through I think Microsoft they're probably going to do a top to bottom review of every single studio there's probably going to be a lot of layoffs of the to- get rid of the toxic people I imagine they're going to restructure things a lot and I, it's probably what it needs it needs yeah. the, these studios this publisher needs that fresh air needs someone to come in who is not tainted by what the company's become mm-hmm. and kind of going right you you and you we don't like you We've got piles of reports that saying you're a horrible person. Off you go. Yeah. Um, you can go. You can go with off with Bobby. Uh, you guys are all good. We're going to get hire some new people in. Maybe move some people from our other studios to help really ramp these back up. And then we're going to look at our your catalog, the catalog of games, and going right. Yeah. What can we do with this? I think Toys for Bob, Vicarious Visions, especially like the Spy, um, Crash remakes and um, the Tony Hawk remakes, well received. Like okay, you guys. Go back to doing that. Yeah, I still think we're going. To, I think Activision will probably still remain just Call of Duty. Yeah, I don't think there'll be that much shakeup, and we've seen you alluded to it there with Bethesda, how they've pretty much said just continue doing what you're yeah. doing as your own like kind of mini division of Microsoft. Keep all your studios with the same heads and the same leadership, and we'll just we'll just work with you to make great games. And I think yeah. you're totally right. There has to be some change, and you've mentioned like the the toxic. Um, like Bobby Cordes yeah, the talk, and all, the all the issues that come with him and, and the board and the culture that they've got around there. I think this is a great out yeah, for the people I, who work there. I think that toxic work environment that's come to the floor over the last like 12 months and it hasn't left the headlines, crucially, and it mm. it is hampering Activision Blizzard, I think that's what's made this acquisition possible. Yeah, it's it's kind of like how much... It's like Bobby Cordes... It's, he's clearly been just trying to ride this out and let it pass, let the new cycle yeah. move on, and it hasn't worked. So I think, and it just seems to be ramping up and ramping up all yeah. the time. So I think this is what enabled this deal. Yeah, I always just get the vibe. It's just it's gone on for that long, but he's clearly that rich and he, so detached from the rest of the world that he just doesn't doesn't care. He just doesn't care. Like I've heard rumors this week that he tried to buy Kotaku and PC Gamer just to quash news articles about his business how authoritarian and, of him exactly and then there's other things where he's like he's gone into board meetings about staff and HR policies and he's just left early 
and just he just he clearly the guy doesn't give a he, shit. He's, he's a multi-millionaire. That's the problem. He's the problem, and when the CEO's a problem, that is going to be passed down throughout. He's going to be people close to him are probably going to be... There might have been good people at once, and then might have been tainted by the culture, and then that just keeps pushing down and down and down till the people at the bottom are just getting abused, yeah. basically. And it's yeah. not good, and like... I don't think there's a way back for Bobby Kotick in this industry. I think it's been very much that no. clear, you need to go. Yeah, and this is because I don't want to spend too long on that because it's, yeah. we're here to talk about games. We're not here to talk about the politics and of internal work. It's just it's hard to avoid it in this. Yeah, topic. it completely yeah. is. My my biggest thing to kind of put a pin in that and move back to the games, I would say, is the amount of money and someone. It sucks. Like Microsoft essentially are, are coming in to hopefully resolve all these problems. The culture Phil Spencer yeah. and the team have got Microsoft. It's it's infinitely better than what's going on at Activision Blizzard. What I hate absolutely hate from this whole deal is that the dickhead gets an easy escape where because the shares have sold for almost double he's going to yeah. leave as a he's going to his payout for this buyout must be in the it, millions and millions for that one individual so what does he get for being an asshole for the last five six years of his life even more reward. money and that's like oh come on like that's yeah he's like, going to no yeah. he's going to take his money and run you'll never hear of him again yeah. he'll buy an island to, in the yeah. Caribbean and live there. Like, you could buy several islands in the Caribbean for that much. But, but, for the, I mean, it's not definite that he's leaving. It's just very well assumed. I've heard mixed reports on whether he's going to, whether he's going to be staying or leaving. I don't think Microsoft can actually announce he's going until they until, own the yeah. company. Yeah. I think uh, the it's just one of them. Is, is that once it's gone through, he's fessed out the door. Yeah. He's so toxic. Microsoft is just not going to, yeah. Keep he just he also doesn't really have a place though now. What if once they're under the Microsoft umbrella officially, they all report yeah. to Phil Spencer. So what is his actual role yeah. anymore? Because and that's one of the things that I found funny about Phil Spencer's um like statement is like it he, he points out very strongly they will report to me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it's I'm now I will be in charge. That's decided. Yeah. Like so Bo- yeah, they... even if Bobby Kotick's there, Phil Spencer's in charge. Yeah. Bobby Kotick uh... would respect Respond to Phil, yeah. so yeah, yeah. They put out like that kind of family tree where right at the top was Phil yeah. and, and below him was the the wider team. So we'll we'll put a pin in that one because yeah, we could yeah. go in, in a whole whole conversation about that into itself. But back to the games, we said about yeah stuff being revived, and you mentioned studios. Yeah, Microsoft now in the last five, six, seven years, they have tripled their studio and development teams. To a point where, like, they could pull off any. Like, let's remember, Microsoft have like Banjo Kazooie, Richie. They could go to Toys yep. for Bob and go, "You did a great job with Spyro. Go to make a b- brand new Banjo Kazooie game." Yeah, they could. Well, this is why I think an interesting thing I could be with the restructure is you keep Activision as the Call of Duty side, so they only do Call of Duty. Blizzard do the traditional Blizzard side. Then you pull all the other IP and just give them to other Microsoft studios, like things like. Instead of things like Toys for Bob or Vicarious Visions being Activision Studio or Blizzard mm-hmm. Studio, they now just become Microsoft Studios, and so you can yeah. go, yeah, he's you. You want to make um, a Crash Bandicoot game? Do it. We'll publish it. Microsoft will publish it. Mm-hmm. So they're not they don't because Activision Blizzard is, will be a part of Microsoft. Microsoft can just go. You don't you don't need answers to Activision Blizzard. Blizzard folks on World of Warcraft and Overwatch and Diablo and Starcraft. Um, Activision folks on Call of Duty. Everything else. We can yeah. you can come, all come over to us. Indeed. I think I think there's some really good things that could come out of it. The, it's not 
I don't think this is all rainbows though. I think the worrying thing is, I think we've alluded to with like last week with um, Take Two buying Zynga is mm-hmm. the consolidation of mega corporations buying these studios. Yeah, there's the the conversation around a monopoly that I've seen go yeah. into it, but the reality is they're not purchasing anything physical. It's it's IP that's value is based on it. Call of Duty is, yeah. is based on its brand, its identity. But the reality is you've just bought the words Call of Duty and marketing. You've not actually acquired anything. So I I look at this as companies acquiring companies for a monopoly. It's you're going horizontal, like you're purchasing the competition around well, you. This is a vertical monopoly where I think you're just stacking franchise like Disney do. It it is, but because it's IP, it doesn't have any physical tangible worth. It's just a name. Yeah, I I don't know if I fully fully agree with that. I think the interesting thing will be the knock on to other platforms. Specifically Sony is going to be the most interesting one. Because their share price did take a hit when this news was announced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that will move back up, but it Mm. if Microsoft have pretty much confirmed, like they did with Bethesda, they're going to honour all outstanding contracts. But beyond uh, that, yes. beyond that, I think Call of Duty is going to be fair. It's going to be exclusive. Like, yeah, I so, think that's the way it's going. I think that's the way it's going to go. Like, if Warzone's still going around in a couple of years' time, that'll still be on PlayStation, probably still getting all its updates and stuff. But new Call of Duties will be probably Xbox exclusive, and that's got, it's going to be that era in a couple of years' time to see how the industry shifts. What yeah. Sony's response is because if Sony, if that doesn't affect Sony much, the sales are still going through to the same sort of rate, then it's not a problem. If Sony start tanking in sales and mm. everyone's moving over to one platform, I think that's bad for the industry. Yeah, it's there's, again, there's so many ways to approach this. So, for extra context, Phil Spencer, after all the Sony thing and all of the news journalists and everyone started panicking saying, what does this mean for Call of Duty? And as, as always, all the bad websites picked up going, Sony is now acquiring Ubisoft and acquiring EA. No, no. A company of that size cannot react within 24 hours that quick. No. So it's all bullshit that you're hearing. But if Phil Spencer's came out and, and tweeted out saying, uh, I had some good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honour all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. This... There's a few other things he said in the last few days, and one of them was, if you recall, Richie, he said many, many moons ago now, our competition isn't Sony and Nintendo, it's Amazon yeah. and Google. It's these tech con- and Tencent, it's these tech conglomerates. Yeah. I- this, for me, kind of adds to that, that actually, the way he worded it, not, not that particular tweet, but the way he spoke in interviews and stuff since, saying he appreciates and respects Sony is a gaming company. They're in it for games. Nintendo is a gaming company. They're in it for games. They don't want to rock the boat. They're all gamers. Yeah. Their business is set well, around that. I think these other Microsoft, companies, Microsoft Sony, and Nintendo have probably realised that these three can coexist quite nicely for an hmm. extended period of time. It's the new, up, it's the upstarts coming into the industry. Well, that's it. With it's new tech, you're trying to redefine things that they're a bit more, oh, where are you going to take that, that piece of the pie from? Yeah, and I can completely but, see. Whereas if if Tencent came in and acquired Activision Blizzard, that would be different. A whole I different think conversation. that's very different to Microsoft because Microsoft are one of the three big platform holders. Yeah, that's that's where these. Yeah, that's where the difference comes in. Change um, it, but, but the 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 proposition that kind of comes with all this is, of course, is the the impact it could have on. And when he the tweet that he put out, it's not an official kind of business statement, but. Saying you'll honour existing agreements 
it, it, yeah, right. that just that could just mean I, the contract for the next two titles. That doesn't mean anything yeah. beyond Call of Duty, whatever number yeah. they're up to. I mean, it oh. might it might mean he decides, you know what, Call of Duty, it's in our best interest to just keep on PlayStation as well. Hey, it makes but, like two hundred fifty million pay annual for PlayStation. So yeah, but if there's we one are, to be made. But Call of Duty might then just go. You know what, PlayStation can have it. It's going to be sixty, seventy dollars to buy, mm-hmm. but. Or you could come over, buy an Xbox, and you have it on Game Pass for free. Yeah. But from a steady point of view, I think this kills any chance of Activision Blizzard stuff coming over. Yeah, so that that's our next biggest thing to kind of keep it relevant yeah. to the podcast, of course, is we've theorised for a while, like, Call of Duty probably won't come for some time because of how much support it requires, because it's, it's a huge game, but, like, Warzone... And similar and reasons for there was no there was no rumors around anything Activision or anything Blizzard no. or anything King coming to Stadia. Not at all. And so, so now that they're being bought by Xbox, Xbox Microsoft have there's they don't have a vested interest in keeping and bringing it over. No, and I think yeah, you're totally right. So from from a Stadia point of view, is one it's Microsoft and Google. They're as Phil said, they're they're bigger rivals in his opinion than Sony yeah. is to them. But then you've got. The, the added element of yes the legacy on PlayStation Call of Duty has been there from its inception yeah. Minecraft was there on PlayStation already and Microsoft done a great job of supporting Minecraft across these brands however yeah. Google Stadia Amazon Luna and GeForce, GeForce Now as well because they don't have Activision titles currently as far as I'm aware there's, there's no precedence there is no there's, it doesn't exist there's, so why there's no benefit would they, yeah you as Microsoft X-Cloud. as Microsoft try, Microsoft clearly see the future of gaming in the cloud and I predicted that the current the current Xboxes might potentially be the last box of that style. You might get more move over to like a dongle that you plug into a TV, similar to Chromecast. That's rumored, yeah. But I think the whole buying a game or putting a disc in a drive or downloading it, I think Microsoft see that as there's a clock ticking on that. Mm-hmm. Which is why they're interested in what Amazon are doing, what the what um GeForce Now are doing, what um what Stadia are doing. And what they've just effectively done is taking, taking the, basically made a monopoly for Call of Duty in the cloud. It's like, you can't have this unless you pay us an extortionate amount of money, which you're not going to do. I mean, no, they're not. Yeah. The amount of money they've just dropped on Activision Blizzard is probably more than Google has spent on Stadia. You don't bet spend sixty-eight, sixty-nine billion dollars to then give it to a, a direct competitor. Yeah. Who? There's no legacy of these games over there. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah, not bad totally guy. Right. It's just it's not even like bad guy Microsoft pulling this away from Sony. It's it's just like no, you just can't have our things. Yeah. Um, again, ex- honoring existing agreements. I think, as you said, things like Warzone, like lives as service games. I think the entire back catalogue of Call of Duty games, Modern Warfare, and stuff, they'll always exist. And yeah. I think you're totally right. This could be a case of. In a few years' time, once they have full ownership, there is nothing to stop them saying it's exclusive to Xbox, the new game. You can still have your yeah. Warzone, you can still have your Minecraft, but anything new... Yeah. Warzone, a, we're going to keep, a, su- we're gonna keep supporting Warzone, like they keep supporting and, Minecraft, but Call of Duty Black Ops 9 is going to be an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. And I think the other thing we've not really touched on yet is I could see them still playing fair and saying, right, if you want to buy this year's Call of Duty on your PlayStation or whatever... It'll cost you £70. Yeah, this is a point I actually made. I, like. I could see Sony saying, actually, or Microsoft, sorry, going to Sony and saying, we'll still allow you to have Call of Duty, so you'll still yeah. make your pair box unit sale. However, 
with like xCloud on the PlayStation 5. With one Game Pass all, over there. Yeah. And I can the, see that I, that is being... something they could do. Use this as leverage and go, you know what? So you're interested in Call of Duty. We're happy to bring it over, but it comes with Game Pass. Yeah. And you, and you can take a percentage of all the Game Pass sales on your platform. Yeah. And you know what? Every. Like, with someone who's got a PS5 and there doesn't own an Xbox. I'd love Game Pass. I would it? love Game Pass on my PS5. That would be so fucking cool if I could just go along the apps to Game it Pass. It solves and then so many problems yeah. for me as a gamer because. I've said many times the reason I've never bought an Xbox is because their first-party exclusives don't particularly interest me, mm-hmm. where Sony's have, and the third-party stuff is equal across the board for the yeah. most part. So I've always went Sony rather than Microsoft, and I can't honestly can't really afford two boxes. Mm-hmm. If I could get Game Pass on Sony, on my PlayStation, that solves all my problems as a gamer. Yeah, you, you're committing to the box for your your exclusives yeah. from Sony you get the benefit of all this Sony gets the money for the console and their exclusives Microsoft gets the, the monthly payments for Game Pass and just throw Stadia streaming tech into it in the and mix just, to I mean, finish it off I mean this is the dream cloud gaming offers yeah. us right the ability to jump around without the console but we're not quite yeah. there yet like cloud gaming is in such its infancy however you're totally right I think to put a pin in that story Microsoft have just bought exclusivity in the cloud for Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, and there is no chance yeah. of them showing up on Lunar and Stadia, I don't think. And we know the games Over- are pulled from GeForce now, so o- Overwatch, Xbox are out. Overwatch is a huge game, and now if you can just play in that in the cloud on, on the go, imagine how many kids who love love Overwatch and can now just up, stick a Razer Kishi on the mobile phone and then just play yeah. on one subscription. Yeah, it, it's insane, and we'll we'll get to Game Pass in a bit. But I do want to spend a bit of time, Richie, just talking about the sheer amount of money this cost. Sixty-eight point <laughs> seven billion. And to put that into context, we actually said when we covered the Zynga story last week, uh, Disney paid uh, George Lucas or Lucasfilm four point four million for Star Wars. Yeah, the entirety of Star the- Wars four point four. The reality is, gaming is the biggest growth um, entertainment yeah. uh, entertainment market. Mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard are th- probably the top. Maybe on if you take for it revenue and bit, stuff, I for say, revenue, yeah. uh, maybe Sony's first party exclusives are up there. But I think in total, yeah. this deal makes Microsoft third place in terms of the overall yeah. rankings. I think Sony are sat at number one. I can't remember who's the number two. Oh, yeah, for the, the yeah, revenue but, yeah. of gaming, yeah, it was. But yeah. as a just a single publisher, I think this. They're definitely, in Activision Blizzard, definitely top five on their own. Yeah. So that's like huge. That's probably a minimum 10% of the gaming industry you've just purchased. Yeah, so you'll make like, you again. They're gonna need to make the money back at some point. Yeah. You can't just go throwing cash around this without a contingency to, to and then, make it back over the next few decades. Microsoft own Candy Crush. Like the yeah. fact that Candy Crush is on the official marketing for this purchase shows that how much Candy Crush is still raking in the money. If you if you look rich at the mobile gaming charts, Candy Crush has been top for like eight years now. Like it's, yeah. it's not going anywhere. It's the top downloaded paid played game. So and and what this does now is this that's just a money mobile, spinner for them. Yeah. yeah, and this now adds mobile gaming to Microsoft's division because in, in the past they haven't got like a more they've got mobile games but not 
like a focused division that's yeah. make, raking it in so and now they have about that much. well they've got King so if Microsoft want to publish anything mobile division they just give it a King to do yeah. done definitely it's, it's, yeah, it's getting done but the money um, I, I, I did have a little chuckle to myself uh, a few times this week with all <laughs> I know where you're going here different journalists who just they round it up so 68.7 billion like I said 4.4 for Star Wars uh, yes 68.7 billion I saw loads of articles round it up to 70 billion I don't think when they wrote that headline they can, can comprehend the difference you can't round up a number by 1.3 billion dollars like I know people can, can handle 68.7 like you don't need to round up to 70 it's not going to make it sound any better or worse not at all if we put that into like coins Richie if if I got if you're going to round it up go for 69 yeah <laughs> if I got one one billion coins one billion dollar coins Statue of Liberty on them I know the people in the states don't like them they prefer the notes but if you got a billion of them coins and put them in a room like it would just fill the room tenfold oh, times that by how many you've rounded up by so a million a million coins yeah. a billion you yeah. need it just you couldn't you can, I don't think a human being can physically comprehend how much money that is so journalists out there you can't just round up by a billion because it's just an astronomical amount in fact the difference they rounded up could probably purchase half of the rest of the games industry. <laughs> if you went yeah. to any studio and went, oh, I've got to spare 1.3 billion, you could buy any anyone. How much did Sony pay for Insomniac? Like 300 million? And uh, you just rounded up by 1.3 billion. You could buy Insomniac right. five times over for the amount you've just rounded up. Right. I found a nice comparison point. Do you want to know what the GDP of Croatia is. So the gross domestic product of Cro- of an entire country, 55.97 billion. This deal's oh. worth more than Croatia. <laughs> oh, dear. Cities out in Croatia, right? <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head. I, just, I think I so, yeah. I just, I, I, I just Googled some random European countries to what the GDP was to find a good comparison. Yeah. That's the sort of level we're talking. We're talking like the gross domestic product of countries. Hmm. What, what point does capitalism get scary, Richie? Oh, well past that. <laughs> well past that. Like I said, Taco Bell wins the uh, wins the franchise wars. From, uh, we're at, we're at the point where it's, it's it's so ridiculous, it's not scary anymore because the numbers are incomprehensible. They just don't mean anything to yeah. p- poor me and you. Who January is a long month, and uh, yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm running out of funds for for the month of January. I cannot wait till payday next week. These yeah. these sons of right. bitches up here, they don't have to worry about that once. I'm, what we're talking about here is Microsoft could have effectively made like 6,000 millionaires with this money. Just get 6,000 people and go, there's there some go. money. You're now a millionaire. Have fun. Congratulations. <laughs> you no longer have to work. <laughs> oh, we can dream. We can dream, Richie. One day this channel might take off and Microsoft might look to acquire us. But until that day, let's wrap up this story because there are some other stories of yeah. the week and Stadia stories. Um, We'll be talking about this for months to come. Yeah, because, yes, I feel like we've only just scratched the surface. Oh, it really well. does. And I uh, hope you're enjoying the conversation, folks. Um, I kind of still do want to hang on it a little bit longer, though, because the impact then this has on Game Pass, which arguably is a competitor Stadia Pro. <laughs> not although we say competitor, it has to be used so yeah. lightly now because Game Pass, the value. It, of Game they're, Pass, they're not com- they're not comparable. Like Ga- Game Pass, like Stadia Pro is comparable to PlayStation Plus. Game Pass is its own thing entirely now. It's in its own category. Like, of course, 
25 like, even million the Bethesda, I think now. the Bethesda deal pushed it into its own category, to be honest. This is just how it's way front. Game Pass is by far the best value in gaming. Like, oh, it's 100%. not even close. If you, if you, if you want the people out there who's lying to yourself and saying, "Oh, actually, Stadia Pro's got really," it, it doesn't. Come on, if no. you, if you have not played games for a long time, one of your friends said, "I'm looking at getting back into gaming. I've got an go itch Game Pass. For it. Where do I go?" In Game Pass, nets you Halo, Gears of War, yeah. Forza, Call of Duty, yeah. Fallout, yeah. Doom, Spyro, Crash. And yeah, EA honestly, Play, and probably soon to be Ubisoft Plus, you know, the, the my, content wars. My honest assessment, just, if one of my friends or colleagues or family members came up to me and went, Richie, I'm interested in getting into console gaming, where do I start? I go, pick up yourself an Xbox Series S and get Game Pass. That'll, th- that'll get you in. That'll get you in the door. And then again, just, and then xCloud is obviously combined with that to a certain degree. Yeah. Once xCloud gets out of its kind of like... I know it's not in beta, but that... Once it, xCloud gets on the level of performance Stadia and GeForce Now with their next tier are able to yeah. to put out, you with a dongle stick, get your xCloud Chromecast stick for 50 quid and you get access yeah. to Game Pass on you. And smart TVs will have xCloud on in the future. Yeah. Game Pass is just phenomenal. And like yeah, yes, I mean, I, and again, we're both PlayStation centric gamers. Yeah, and and, and you can sell like it, this blows away any bias that but, I might but, have because X, Xbox is killing it with Game Pass. If one of my colleagues came up to me and went, "Oh, my kid wants to get into gaming. What do you do?" I, Xbox Series S is currently two hundred forty nine pounds on Amazon. Game Pass is seven pounds ninety nine a month. That that's what you do. Seven pounds ninety enough. That's Netflix money. That's just a a subscription fee that you people just mm-hmm. used to paying like yeah it's i mean again it's, like, in, in today's world i i the last two years have probably questioned purchasing games day one more than ever because now they're getting to that 70 pound mark it's I can't, getting tasty it is yeah it's that point where it's like you're pushing and not pushing close to 100 but 100 like 70 pound 80 pound for like a maybe a collector's edition or a deluxe edition and it's like you know what? And if it's a wait. smaller t- if it's a smaller title that you might only get like forty hours out of, mm-hmm. that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, well, or... I mean, I've been playing a lot of JRPGs and like regularly clocking in a hundred hours on games, so it's not too bad. I think the nice for me is one pound per hour. <laughs> it's a good yeah, yeah. metric. But again, with yeah. Game Pass, like you said, why would you pay seventy pound for this game, seventy pound for that game, hundred and forty pound within one month when you could pay less than a tenner and get eighty titles, if not hundred titles? Yeah. I think are on on right. Game Pass right now. Right. The value is so, insane. Game Pass is about hundred quid a year. It's ninety five pound eighty eight a year. Yeah. If you get the month, if you get a monthly subscription, that's two games. Less than two games. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 yeah, it's less than two games. So. Yeah. Damn it, Microsoft! You've broken the gaming like, industry. I like having physical games. It's so weird. And again, we yeah. know Sony are going to come out, but yeah, Game Pass. And the reason it all ties back in with Stadia is because as a direct competitor in the cloud, this is the this is the type of shit they're dealing with. Like you have yeah. to combat this. And I think they all they all can coexist. We know that. But in terms of throwing your money around and acquiring the right content to keep people subscribed month in month out when people now go oh I've finished Halo Infinite I might cancel Game Pass this month then they go oh you know what Call of Duty is out this month and then you go oh I might cancel next month oh Spyro's out next month Crash Bandicoot's out next month then there's a thought Microsoft have that many studios they can keep Game Pass 
having fresh content yeah. in circulation like Netflix do, like Amazon Prime do, so you never cancel that subscription. And Richie had 25 million subscribers all paying roughly a tenner a pop. That's a lot of money per month that can then go funding back in. And that's why these acquisitions, they're not getting them for the IP, I don't think. They're getting them for the content. It doesn't need to be top tier games. It just needs to be content. Let's face it, there's a lot of shit on Netflix, but they put it out anyway because it's content watch it. that keeps people subscribed. But we digress. The biggest question, I think, to, to button all this together in a nice little tight package, Richie, is will this force Google and the rest of the industry to rethink their approach going forward? Um, yes. I think Google need to rethink their approach anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think... I, I don't know how much Sony will rethink, but I think they'll probably... They, they, I think they need to do have a reaction. I don't think it needs to be a massive monumental reaction but I think it's a case of if they're potentially losing Call of Duty they need something to take the void that's where I think Sony need to be looking at they'll probably need to they'll probably got thoughts on how to replace the void of not getting the next getting Elder Scrolls 6 they've probably already had them thoughts they know you think now that okay they're not going to get the next Crash Bandicoot Crash Bandicoot is kind of synonymous with us even now even though you can get it on other platforms these are the things where they'll probably need to think of like how do they use their first-party studios to combat this? Because it might just be a case of okay, is it Killzone? Yeah, yeah. is that Sony? They That's might, show, yeah. yeah, they might just resurrect that. Resistance. This is going to be our alternative. Yeah, they'll just they can look at the IP they have, or maybe start a new IP that is potentially there to rival it. They'll do something. Yeah, it's. I'm not it's sure what the smaller guys like Luna and Google do because. This is kind of out of their league stuff. They were trying to. They were trying to. They were just. I think things like Luna, GeForce Now, and Stadia trying to get in the conversation with Microsoft and Sony. And now Sony, everyone's looking at Sony, going, "What's your response?" So I think. Yeah, it's so weird the fact that like, like Sony. I've seen people say like like Sony aren't for sale and stuff, and like they just don't. They're not on the same yeah. level as Microsoft. Like the only companies that are, I mean, there's plenty of companies, but. Google, Amazon, Tencent, and Microsoft are playing a whole, and Apple, sorry, 100% Apple, of course. Yeah. They're playing on a, on a level of money that Sony, with all their, their camera and their mobile division and their um, film division, they are just not competing on the sheer scale of cash value that these other companies have in the bank. Nintendo aren't even doing that. And people who think Sony aren't for sale, if I'd asked you earlier last week if Activision was for sale, you would have said no. This yeah, amount of money is insane. As I've said, the only reason I think this deal is even possible is because of Bobby Kotick and the toxic environment there. That's what's enabled this. Before that, I don't think this was happening. Yeah. Full stop. I just, I just there's imagine. too much money on the table that there's why would we sell? Yeah, why? Unless I wanted to retire. That done now. Because why? Because you're making so much money. Yeah. There's no need to sell. It's it's sales of this tend sales like this tend to happen when think there's problems. At one party, fire um, sale. Yeah, Get not necessarily out. fire sales. Like the leadership needs needs a change or whatever. Any, anyway, I think there's I think there's a conversation to be had, but I don't think we'll have it now because of how <laughs> long we're into it. About a potential like exploring a Sony Stadia team up and what that could look like going forward. I, I think that needs to be a side quest episode. Yeah, you're completely right. At this point, Google and Amazon, if they're serious about the games industry. Microsoft aren't leaving many cards on the table to play with. So at what point do they go, right, do we have 
to round it up, 70 billion spare. Yeah, we they all do. Apple Apple do. I think Apple are one that we need to keep our eye on as well. Because they haven't yeah. made a big play for gaming yet, other than their mobile division. But the money's and, there. And there's not as many there's not as many um things on the table at the moment. Activ- Activision Blizzard now off the table of potential studios to buy. Yeah, and I've seen EA and Ubisoft flung around, and there's all laws and stuff that create. But like, I don't, not, I don't think Ubisoft's for sale. It, I really it, don't. Activision was for sale. It's, again, when money, everything has a price, right? Yeah, I think everything point. has a price, but I think this is what this sale was. What sixty-eight point seven billion? I think without Bobby Kotick, this might be over the hundred billion easy. That's crazy. I, I, yeah, again, I really do think that this toxic environment is what has made the sale even remotely possible. Yeah. So I think with like EA or Ubisoft, any of these big publishers still on the table, Tencent, well, not Tencent, uh, Take-Two, Yeah, I think the numbers would be absolutely eye-watering to the point where it's just, they basically, you'd have to go like, we don't want to sell this, mm-hmm. so we're going to scalp you. Yeah. This is the number. It's way more than the company's worth. And this is where the the lay of the land is. Do do these teams like do they not necessarily buy out, but maybe partner up to form like kind of like a coalition almost and say all these I, all these Western publishers uh, like also Microsoft buying them. I up. hope they don't. Not, I not hope they stay. Like, I hope they stay in the, independent of each other because that breeds more competition. Collaboration is good, but so is competition. No, I mean like a collaboration yeah. of saying like we're not going to sell. Like say like the the Asian markets you've got like yeah. you've got Square Enix and Sega and Konami. If they all say oh, like, it's not in our you're almost talking to like sell up. these these mega corporations that are still on the table for these um, third party publishers are going to form like an almost a union. Like yeah, no, yeah, you know what? Yeah, what if you want to negotiate before, yeah. with one of us, you have to negotiate with all of us. Yeah. Because like again, there's rumors like oh Sega are going to get like when when is Sony going to buy Sega? When are Konami? And um, when are they like dormant franchise like Metal Gear Solid the, and Castlevania? PlayStation could benefit from them. The but interesting are they for thing. sale? And it's like, well, should we all team up and say, like, actually, yeah. we want to keep the industry moving. We want to stay independent. None of us are for sale, but we all need yeah. to agree to it. The interesting thing is the Japanese um, big publishers seem to be not on the t- on the table as potential purchasers. Like all the big purchases recently have all been Western studios. Well, remember, Microsoft tried to acquire Nintendo decades yeah. ago, and Nintendo invited Microsoft board out to Japan, laughed at them, and sent them on the plane back. Yeah, That's the Why kind of cultural yeah. difference. And I'd say I couldn't see it, but you know what? There's, there's money, a, money talks. Money yeah, talks. And I, shareholders go, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. yeah, give us it. Sold. That, that, is, that is true, but there's um, the last point in this I'll make is there's an interesting um, tradition in Japan where... They try even big corporations tend to be family run, yeah, and quite yeah. often they own the CEO of a company. If they, it will might adopt a forty-five-year-old man into his family, give him a surname so it stays in the family. Mm-hmm. So I think there's things like Toyota and Suzuki, still run by people called Toyota and Suzuki. Yeah. That's well, I mean, just a bit of the culture yeah. difference. So I think, I mean, yeah, an outside investor buying up all the shares, I think, is less likely, but. Yeah. I agree. I mean, Nintendo yeah. have Doug Bowser, so they literally hired someone from from Bowser's Kingdom to yeah. come in and actually run the joint. So, it, honestly, the the side quest topics we can branch yeah. off from this they they're going to happen, folks. Don't worry. Yeah. If you remember, you get them early. We'll break it down. But yes, I think Google and and probably Amazon as well are going to have to re- and Sony and Nintendo are all going to have to look at these relations thing. Right? How can we compete? What do we need? And I'm sure I, I like I'd, I'd love a world where. 
Sony say like, oh, we're partnering with Google to do Stadia and PlayStation, and all these exclusives will come to Stadia, and Sony has cloud gaming on masses on Nintendo do, but that's for another day, Richie. That's been the Microsoft Fallout, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, from a sixty-eight point seven billion dollar acquisition. Let's let's wind let's down. move on. Yeah, <laughs> turn the page over to let you find folks out there know what is coming to Stadia because we've got a game confirmed that's right story number two story number two at the one hour mark uh elemental war 2 has been confirmed by clockwork origins uh they had a blog post put out on their website declaring their past and future for 2022 and what they're working on and within such blog they commented on their last game which was elemental war the original released in 2019 and uh, for those eagle-eyed people out there on the World Wide Web, um, of course, if anyone read the Stadia Source article this week, penned by yours truly once again, uh, Elemental War 2 is stated to release in 2022. And for those who've read the description, it will be coming to Steam, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 part at a later date, and Google Stadia. And they've got a partnership with Google Stadia. On the main page, they do reference a partnership with Google Stadia, which may lead to more than one title. Uh, but essentially, if you're not too sure what Elemental War 2 is, because I certainly wasn't, Richie, when I uh, <laughs> when I found the uh, found the story, uh, Elemental War 2 is essentially a tower defense game, that you can see from the trailer, those watching along, um, that features hordes of uh, monsters coming out of a pit to hell that's been accidentally opened up, and you have to fight and defend them using a bunch of unique skills and abilities. Uh, very similar, I would say, to Ox Must Die 3. If, if not almost identical visually to it. Yeah. Did you know of Elemental War prior to this announcement? Um, no, this was the first I heard of it. Um, I think the big difference I can see between this and Ox Must Die is this is a more traditional tower defence, where Ox Must Die is more of an action tower defence. So you're playing a character yeah. in the well while you're dropping traps and stuff, where this is very much you've got your clear lanes, you're top-down dropping a tower. It looks fun. I like. To, I actually do like tower defense games. Mm-hmm. They're quite fun way of wasting some time. It certainly does. Uh, so reading from the website as well, Elemental War Two takes you to into a threatened world. Hordes of monsters suddenly pour out of the abyss of hell from a faulty summoned pole. You'll manage and build a defensive line or defensive towers against the forces of evil in time. Features include uh, the popular tower defense game principle with new gameplay elements. Uh, face powerful elementals and their special abilities. They might be just characters, I guess, within it. Solve quests to follow and unlock different upgrades for your towers. Play 11 varied maps with three unique environments, forests, ice, deserts, etc. Play alone or in co-op mode and compare yourself with others in a global leaderboard. And um, I'd imagine this game, I've heard from my trusty sources, that this is going to have some steady, unique features as well. All right. So um, look out for that. That might be where the partnership comes in. Yeah, look out for an article on Stadia Source later this week regarding this title. But yes, Stadia exclusive features. So uh, my my guess would be with it being Tower Defense, it may be something to do with crowd choice. So you can choose what defensive things you have maybe in your arsenal. So I could say, oh, I yeah. want to vote for a tower or a trebuchet or a brick wall or a fire pit. It depend- I think this could easily have almost a map generator in if you can make your own maps and then you could use um, Stream Connect that could be cool okay interesting I mean that's complete speculation of what how a Sadie feature could be implemented but it could be interesting yeah certainly certainly so look out for Elemental War 2 
um, and probably some updates later on uh, this year when we, we finally hear stuff from from, play, uh, from PlayStation from Stadia. Uh, moving on to story number three, we've also got some quick updates uh, towards GDC. So the video game developers conference is building up towards a uh, March showcase, and uh, we've said before, we've stressed before how important these uh, sessions are too companies like Google and stuff who are trying to build relationships with developers uh, in a pandemic world and they usually put out a, a kind of pre-show questionnaire and the statistics are up on the website now for you to go find and read yourself if, you, if you're interested in such and I just wanted to go through a few of the quick questions Richie and highlight um, over 2,700 developers they've talked to about their work and question one was which platform are you developing a project currently for? And Stadia sits at a cool 3% of the uh, results with uh, Project xCloud at 3 also, uh, PlayStation yeah. Now at 1%, and Amazon Luna at 1% as well. So I think small I, chunks in the grander scheme. I think it's weird, the PlayStation Now and Xbox stuff, because obviously PlayStation up there at 31%, Xbox is up there at 27%. Uh-huh. So I, I think this one could be depends how the studios answered that. So it's although PlayStation now I think it's probably quite low. I think X, the X Cloud numbers I think might be published lower than they probably actually are. They might not in, be intentionally developing uh-huh. for X Cloud, but the development could go that way. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, they then follow that up with which platforms will you be developing and your next project for? And uh, to break that down, look at focusing on cloud as well. We've got uh, X Clouds in at four percent. Stadia's at 3%, PlayStation yeah. Now 2%, and Amazon Luna at 1% as well. Uh, although Linux is at 8%, so it's interesting how this graph broke down well, into... The Linux thing, I think it's getting boosted probably by Steam Deck. Yeah, true, true as well. Um, we should point out in these in these graphs, and again, go look at the statistics yourself, but it breaks everything down. It's so like PS5 and PS4 are separate. VR yeah. headsets are separate. So this is a very broken down graph of like very niche gaps, but... Yeah. Uh, 3% for Stadia Uh, moving on we've got which platforms most interest you as a developer right now Uh, Stadia clocks in at 5% xCloud at 8 and Amazon Luna at 2% so interesting to see Stadia a little bit higher than Luna I I can see Luna yeah I was just about to touch on that I think Luna that's the problem Luna is only available in the US if when Luna gets its full launch I think their numbers might spike up a bit but who knows yet like the big takeaway here is cloud gaming is kind of low down the priority list mm-hmm. I think that one genu- genuinely will grow over the next few years yeah but how high it goes and who's in that mix is yet to be seen indeed indeed uh, they ask a few other questions because remember these questions are to the developers so these are the people making yeah. your games out there these are the, arguably the most important people that matter forget Bobby Kotick these are the boots on the ground people who are doing the grunt work and making your yeah. precious hobby a reality and the next question is do you think Valve Steam uh, Steam Deck will be a viable gaming platform long term uh, 36% said yes 17 said no and 47% said uh, unsure my take on this is I'm with the current revision. I think long term is a no, but I think more revisions will come in the future. Yeah, indeed. Which is probably uh, why you get so high in Unsure because it's a case of I've imagined a lot of developers looked at the specs and going, "It's fine for now," but in five years' time, ten years' time, what they're going to do? So, if it's a success, which it's looking like it's going to be, and then Valve keep making iterations on it, Steam Deck Two, Steam Deck Three, and so on, 
in years. Yeah. So that's one where I think it really depends on how people read what they think Valve might do. Um, Another fun one to come out of this was interesting cryptocurrencies, NFTs. So are the people making your games that bothered that because the developer, the publishers would make us think so. Uh, If the publishers are interested, the developers probably don't care. Uh, What is your studio's interest in cryptocurrencies as a payment tool? Very interested, 6%. Somewhat, 21%. Not interested, 72%. There it goes. Uh, what is your studio's interest in NFTs? Like, not not cryptocurrency, but NFTs. Seven, very interested. Twenty-one, not um, somewhat, not interested. Seventy percent. So it's good Sim- to know that people numbers. making our games. Yeah. Uh, They're not, not that bothered about crypto. Not in yeah. the slightest. Not in the slightest. Um, and then it, it goes on to ask all loads of other questions as well. Um, it's actually a shame there's not more questions focused on uh, cloud gaming, which I think there was on last year's report. If I remember, yeah. I think there was a few more questions asking about the future cloud gaming. But well, I think I cloud think the, gaming is a thing that they're all kind the of first. Aware I of think now. the the first few um, questions kind of short. You can kind of pretty much take all the info you need about cloud gaming out of that. Where it's still low priority. Yeah, people yeah. are interested in it. The interest has probably grown year on year, but it's not there. It's not widely adopted in mm-hmm. the consumer space. So it's just yeah, indeed. It's a slow burn. It'll catch up. Yeah, we know it's a slow burn. The future is a slow burn in general. But that was from the GDC uh, Developers Conference Pack. Uh, that's interesting. And uh, there's a little caveat side note to this as well. Uh, as we creep towards GDC, you'll start to see loads of little companies pop up with listings and agendas. And uh, picked out from this week, uh, there's a company uh, called uh, Backtrace who do uh, they host digital events. And one of them they're hosting in the next coming weeks on in February is uh, it's called a one-day virtual game developer summit. So it's kind of like an online, basically get together. And one of the speakers is uh, for the for the speak presentation, leaning into the cloud native, and that is Ryan Barley of Google Stadia will be uh, presenting uh, on the agenda. So that's in between uh, people from Epic Games, uh, the Unity engine. Uh, there's somebody else as a panel discussion with Epic, Google, and some other companies. So. Again, Stadia is still out there, and they are going to be out there. And I think this GDC could potentially be more important to them than the first one was, because they've kind of they're working against the the tide now, I believe. So we'll we'll have to see what the future holds with that one. Uh, but moving away from GDC, Richie, onto the next story of the week, we have uh, a lot of games got announcements uh, this past week, which great for me as a gamer. Not so great as a Stadia player who is yet to really hear about what the hell is going to happen in the next few months. Now we have Rainbow Six Extraction, AAA out the door. We know about Ubisoft's Avatar game, which is scheduled potentially back end of this year. Yeah. Not nothing else. Like so. To to clarify the the, the news story, we had uh, WWE 2K 2022 got a release date uh, for March 11th. So that is just over. Well, actually, it's actually under two months away now, which is quite a quick turnaround for a WWE yeah. game. It's like surprise. I know they, they didn't do they one last year. year. <laughs> yeah, but that goes back to we have 2K games on the platform. We have WWE games on the platform with Battlegrounds, albeit it's rubbish. Yeah, two, 2 K's being on the platform, I think they didn't support like NBA 2K NBA, very yeah. well. So that's, well, there's that all. caveat. Which yeah, at at all is it 21 was well i mean i think 22 didn't come yeah i think 20 i can't remember something one one of them was very much poorly supported and uh-huh. then i don't so i think there's that 
it's worth mentioning that as a caveat for 2k yeah. anything 2k yeah i think we got 20 21 was not kept up to date with patches and updates and 22 didn't come full stop yeah for the for the mba but again it's a different it's a different studio it's under the 2k banner we've got a wrestling game but we don't know anything two months out till release folks it's available for pre-order everywhere else now and look on google stadia storefront nothing there so that's that's one and uh moving on to the kind of the, ne- the same story but the, the next one i'm thrilled to announce richie that lego the star wars uh sorry star wars skywalker saga uh, finally locked in a release date after many many delays and pushback it's been five years in development it will be releasing on april 5th from wb studios which if you're curious uh we did an entire side quest about warner brothers games and why we believe to this year is a great year to get them on the stadia platform because they've got a absolute slew of games coming out from hogwarts legacy to the skywalker lego games to um arkham not arkham not called arkham is it uh, gotham knights gotham knights and suicide squad all we have on the platform from wb is mortal kombat yeah. So there's there's a kind of weird relationship there, and we should also caveat that. Remember, we do have Arkham Knight running on Stadia's white label tech through AT and T. So Warner Brothers are working with Google behind the scenes. We just have nothing in the pipeline for this year. And the reason this almost worries me in a way, Richie, is now the year is starting. Like Fe- February is on the horizon, ironically with Horizon from PlayStation as well. Yeah. The games are going to come thick and fast now. So this is WWE in March, Skywalker yeah, Saga in April, not that's counting what all the other games out there, and we've that's got what, nothing. That's what we're seeing. We're starting to get to that point where developers are starting to announce st- the dates and stuff that they said it's going to come in early 2022. They start, here's your dates. They're starting to come. Mm. We'll see but what we, happens with Stadia. But, but this, is, this is it, and this is where silence doesn't work. And as we creep into February, we're creeping close to a year to the day since their last announcement, which was closing the first party studios. They've yeah. not said anything since then. No Connects, no E3, no Game Awards. In fact, Richie, have you seen this week they've been getting some crap because their Twitter account hasn't even been tweeting? Rainbow Six Extraction launched this week, and the Stadia official account didn't even acknowledge it. That's interesting. Nothing. Yeah, there's, there was no... Collect extraction today on either Ubisoft Connect or buy out, uh, Ubisoft Plus or buy right. They did like a retweet of a video prior to launch. But this might be them adapting to Grace being missing. Great. Potentially, but should I someone not be checking the social feeds and ensuring that like the, the the only AAA launch of the year we've got a date for? You, nothing. Yeah, actually, the last their last tweet that I can is on January the fourteenth. Which is nine days. Nine days ago. Nine days ago from the for, time of recording. For a global Twitter account from a from a massive corporation like Google. Yeah. Oh, yeah, expect basic daily tweets. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, daily. Even if it's just keeping engagement levels up, we yeah. we put out as many tweets as we can. But either way, we digress on that one. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy has also had a bit of an update. So there was rumours that it's going to get delayed. Possibly WB thinking their slate for this year is too busy. However, uh, they've came out and they've reiterated that um, it's. We've heard things about it in some kind of, just kind of trouble and stuff, J.K. Rowling aside, and all that stuff. But uh, they've announced uh, this week that no, it's still on track to be coming in 2022, and we'll see more. So again, this is another title from WB that we just 
I mean, we don't have a locked on date outside of 2022, but for an open world action RPG Harry Potter game, I'd like to think we should be. Again, we've said on side quests and stuff before, Richie, but we're in the third year now. Yeah. Why are we being kept in the dark about what games I, we get to play this year? Yeah, I think this is probably the weakest January for Stadia in terms of announcements of things coming to the platform because we haven't had any. Like, I mean, next week we'll get our pro games for February which will include yeah. Life is Strange Remastered, which I, I know it's coming in February, but it should have been out in September last year. So it's not like this is a great news. This is a delayed game that we're hopefully going to get as pro as promised in February. Aside from that, I don't I don't think, aside from Avatar, there's anything we know about for the for the next 11 months. At all. What, we can't wait to probably November for Avatar. You need to, go some, you need to have something coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, how the hell are we going to do another 30 podcast episodes if we don't have any <laughs> any like I for one think Elemental War 2 looks great but it isn't quite the level of Star Wars Harry Potter and Batman yeah in ga- gauges of interest it's one of them games if it comes in pro I might jump in uh, have a bit of f- fun but if it doesn't come to pro I'm probably just going to pass on it no offence to the developers but there's other games that coming yeah. that are going to take my time and I, my time is limited so Indeed, indeed. Um, but moving away from games, let us know if you think we'll hear anything. Uh, I don't know, by spring. I don't want to put a date on it, but it's got to be soon, right? Like I said, the next big one is, is March with the WWE title. And we, do, we don't know. We don't know. But let's talk about some games we do know about, Richie. Um, this last week, uh, if you checked out our good friend uh, John Scow from Four Scars Gaming, he did a fantastic interview with one of the developers for... 100 Days, the winemaking simulator, and it recently got, we reported it last week, but it got touch input controls on Stadia, and it works terrifically. But if you go and watch the interview, there's some great, great points that they picked out on there. Um, just highlighting a bit of a peek behind the curtain with the world of Stadia, and one of them was um, within their initial contract of the game, the game has the option to go pro after six months. So we've kind of got that now if you're looking at games that might come pro for February you might just want to look back six months and see what games released on the platform back in the day um, they also confirmed that the game wouldn't exist without the help of Stadia and the publishing team because they were short on cash flow while they were making the game they needed an X amount more they had a word with Stadia and the Stadia Makers program and they managed to get funding for the game to be created so it's a, it's a really good interview I won't take all the time away from it because I definitely recommend go checking it out uh, as part of, of John's show over there really insightful and uh, Yeez who was the developer who, who tweeted about Direct Touch before we've covered on the show um, he was just so honest and engaging and, and knew all the right kind of ways to describe things and working behind the scenes put it into layman's terms for you and me who aren't video game developers uh, and just really interesting to listen to so go check that one out really good to see and that kind of follows on to our next story which is Dark Side Detective over on Twitter, the uh, Dark Side Detective Twitter account posted out asking people who was enjoying Fumble in the Dark, of course, was one of your January Pro games. Have you been checking out the new Christmas case? We did a, a Let's Play series of it, Richie, a few Thursdays really back. Really, really fun. Lent our voices to them. And uh, naturally, we said from the beginning that this point-and-click adventure would be great with direct touch input. Well, hopefully we won't have to wait too much longer because they've confirmed on Twitter that we'll hope to have Direct Touch available by the time the next case drops on the platform. Awesome. Terrific. Awesome. That's, I mean, that's like two bits of news there, really. You're getting another case on the platform and you're getting Direct Touch. Yeah, indeed. And I think when we actually booted the game up, there was the, the two coming soon yeah, we did. case slots. 
we did predict it. Um, well, predict oh, it is yeah. like there's two empty slots. So yeah, oh, huge prediction there. <laughs> yeah. What are the lottery numbers this week, Richie? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's gonna have some numbers between one and fifty. That is true. You're not wrong there. Um, win the lottery, and then we can buy Activision <laughs> back from Microsoft. We, well, I wouldn't even come close. I don't think the lottery yeah. goes that high. No. Uh, final quick stories for the week then. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion has uh, wrapped up. Ubisoft confirmed this week that now the final DLC is out. A spokeswoman for the team said, The game has grown by leaps and bounds with a ton of content to explore. From a sprawling near-future city to an action-packed online mode, we couldn't be prouder of the game we've created and we appreciate all of you who've joined us on this journey in London over the last year. Basically, Richie, Watch Dogs Legion is done. Yeah, and it was quite, expected. F- quite frankly, I think the franchise will be done for quite some time now. Yeah, they keep with every Watch Dogs, They keep trying to reinvent Watch Dogs. To, to, I don't think they know what it is. No, and um, I think the timing of this was terrible. Like you, what was it? You put um, Immortals: Phoenix Rising, a new inter- interesting looking IP, and Assassin's Creed. In the same month as this, it's like this looked like the weakest of the three, and yeah, and unfortunately, I think the Ubisoft almost probably out to die. Like, I mean, it felt like that. Like, as someone it who's could got have the, plat- been. the platinum trophy, it just the biggest thing I didn't like is it didn't have a main protagonist. You played as random people, yeah. which I could see it would work in other games, but when your first two entries in the franchise have been a story-focused narrative with one person. To suddenly go, oh, plays this guy, and if you, you die, don't have, you just you don't have that... the story with another randomer. Yeah, you don't have. That. I see what they're trying to do, but mm. when you, you lose care. that connection to your main character, it's like, you don't, yeah, you, you don't, don't care. care. You don't care. It's like TV shows when they've got too many characters. You just you don't commit to one. So someone yeah. dies, and it's like, or someone leaves the show, and it just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, of course, Bloodlines was the last expansion which had like the zombie mode in, which I think was them trying to pivot and do something fun with the world because London looks beautiful, and like the game is fun to play. It's just yeah. you don't give a shit about the story. That's that's the reality of it, and it's in London. It's our capital home. We should we should love it, but they, they tried alas, something. It didn't really work. Didn't uh, Watch Dogs Two for the win? Go play Watch Dogs Two. Lovely sunbaked San Francisco, loads of fun, and a and a compelling main protagonist as well. And on sale everywhere as well if you want to pick it up. Part of Ubisoft Plus. Um, and then final news story for the week, Richie. We'll we'll wrap this one out uh, with a nice little one. We don't know much on it so far, so we can't talk too much. But Google are reportedly preparing a new Chromecast device powered by the Google TV software and interface. Uh, Richie, you and me both have the new Chromecast with Google we TV. Do. I love mine. I love how snappy the remote is. It works so much faster. I don't really use it for Stadia because I've got my PC and my other Chromecast Ultra set up. Uh, however, the rumor is, reading from 9to5Google, that they've uh, found some documentation uh, and broken down an APK file for something codenamed Boreal, or I guess it's Borealis maybe, Boreal, I'm not too sure. Uh, no specs or other clues are currently available, but the fact that it's running on the Google TV specification, it's kind of leaning towards potentially being a different Chromecast device. Yeah, I think it's likely. I mean, I think having a two-tiered device in the Chromecast space makes set, has always made sense for them. And with the price of the Google TV, is that's closer to the original Chromecast than the Ultra, despite that spec-wise it is actually outperforms the Ultra. Mm-hmm. I think the next one will be like a pro, the pro model. Like it'll probably like higher refresh up to higher refresh rates. I yeah. don't 
know if this will have any impact at all on Stadia because the current Chromecasts are more than adequate yeah. to handle Stadia. That's true. But, That's yeah. true. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Carl Bradshaw over at Nine to Five Google he theorizes it might be something uh, to compete with, like the Nvidia Shield TV series, so more of like a high end like box rather than yeah. just a dongle. Um, I think it'll still be a dongle. I do think it might still be a dongle. But what's the difference really between a dongle and a box apart from the size of it? Yeah, I could see it being something to combat maybe with like Apple TV as well, where it is like a box that has the content as part of it. Um, all I would really ask is that it comes preloaded with Google Stadia. Don't wait yeah. until spring 2023 until the software is available. It needs to be there at launch. It's your own product. Don't mess get it up your, again. Get your gaming bundle sort for have, but have this bundled in with a Stadia controller as an option. Like, yeah. don't do what they've done with the Google um, TV, where it's like it, it finally came, but it took like six months. It mm-hmm. needs to be there on launch. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. indeed, indeed. But we'll we'll report on that as we as we learn more. Yeah. And to round the show out, Richie, I wanted to look back at the NPD software reports for the entirety of twenty twenty one best-selling games so we've got the top 10 list and i just want to break them down just as we reminisce and look back so (laughs) best-selling games from the mbt group mpd group sorry for 2021 so all of last year in at number 10 super mario world 3d 10 not including digital sales because nintendo doesn't report on them number nine mlb the show number eight resident evil village stadia game seven mario kart 8 the evergreen mario kart 8 if, Everyone people, if, you, want, if you want to know why Nintendo don't bring out a Mario Kart Nine, it, this is the what. This is why, why <laughs> they don't. They don't why need to. Uh, Evergreen, of course. Uh, in at number six, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, in at number five, surprisingly, Battlefield Twenty Forty Two, which I haven't heard a thing about for over well, a month now. You have to remember though, there was a lot of hype going into that game. Yeah, just yeah. because it, it just because it, was, it, it kind of fall fell off massively. Mm-hmm. That still counts for a lot of sales. Yeah, look at Cyberpunk. How much Cyberpunk sold, despite yeah, yeah, true, the state true. it was in outside the stadium true. PC. Like, how much yeah. must EA and Battlefield be kicking themselves if they didn't land the plane perfectly? With all this stuff going on with Microsoft and Call of Duty, mm-hmm. Battlefield could fill that void for PlayStation Battlefield, or, or anywhere else. And Battlefield had the potential. <laughs> Battlefield had the potential to be number one this year, I reckon. Yeah, it really did. Uh, moving on to number four, we've got the combination of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, which is makes sense. Bear in mind, these, that game came out in December. So that that's impressive, and again, not including digital. So however many digital would have bumped it potentially up the ladder. Uh, Madden NFL twenty twenty two, and then in at number two, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which came out in twenty twenty. So when we spoke at the beginning of the show about how big Call of Duty is, this yeah. year's Call of Duty was the only thing to pip last year's Call of Duty to the number one slot. Vanguard coming in at number one, and we have and Microsoft and now no mention. There's no mention of Warzone and everything that Warzone's raking in. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole separate thing. So, the biggest, the, I mean, the biggest takeaway there is there's one Stadia game in Resident Evil Village, which isn't isn't the best. But the the market is so split. I do believe Miles Morales is everyone who picked up a PS5 picked up Miles yeah. Morales. Everyone who picked up a Switch picked up Mario Kart, probably Super Mario World 3D and possibly Pokemon. Again, different markets. Pokemon, I think, is always going to do well. Just the nature of that franchise is huge. Yeah. Just. And um, when you look at like best-selling games for December and stuff, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy was in there, and FIFA's there, of course, as always, and Madden and other sports titles. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me, we've said it time and time again, Richie, but pushing forward into this year and next year and the year beyond that, 
Stadia needs to be at a point where it's got more than one game in this top 10. It's got 10%, that's it. And it's been out for three years. So going forward, this, it needs to have the battlefields. It I needs mean, to have... Oh, do we have Madden? Is Madden on? Madden, sorry. Madden has potential. Madden yeah, Madden's is on yeah. Stadia. So two, sorry, 20% of the titles are available. Yeah. But yes, um, work to be done. Work to be done, it would appear, so, Richie. Yeah. But so, that's all we have time for. Yeah. Unless you want to say that extra little bit there. Like you're, I was you're just going to say, for the titles in this, this are exclusives. I'm not sure about MLB this show. If it's, ex- it's almost if like it's exclusives not. matter to some degree yeah. as well. The pulling but, so that means at least 50% of this, this list is gettable. Gettable. Well, was. Was gettable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not anymore, Microsoft. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. But that, ladies and gentlemen, has been it for episode 122 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us as we go through our cloud adventure together. We do appreciate appreciate you supporting the channel, myself, Richie, and Tom, as we play games, talk about games, love video games and the industry at large, no matter how much money is flung around. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that bell if you haven't done so already. And do please share us with your friends and other fellow Stadia and cloud gaming players out there so they can find our content, we can improve our content, and we can bring you better stuff week in, week out. Uh, don't also forget that you can join us over on Thursday as we play video games as part of our weekly live stream events. Join in, play along. We do a multitude of games, and we would love to have you there just as much, Richie, as we'd love to have them in our Discord chat loads of lovely conversation with fellow like-minded gamers such as yourself final point from me don't forget to check out SciQuest we're going to potentially have two episodes of one with a super super special guest we're going to be talking about EA games and what they could mean for the platform in 2022 now Call of Duty is off the table and all the other titles that come with that one but more importantly special guest for our annual anniversary celebration of episode 52 of SciQuest it's been delightful my name's been Chris I've been Richie We've been Hades Cloud Games, bringing you Sounds of Stadia. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, play whatever makes you the happiest. Have a great week. Goodbye.